0: I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold.
1: I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool toffee the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season night home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to anfieldindexpro.com and get started today. David! Gaggin! How are you doing, buddy? We're
0: back. It's a a bit more of a a feel-good uh, around the place, last pod, we couldn't be ourselves as much, we were a bit upset, we were a bit down, but, you know what, things always turn around, and uh, yeah, here we are, um, looking forward to uh, a pre-season of, wow, bloody hell, pre-season's like three weeks away, mate, it's it's crazy, mm. it's not long at all, you know, but before we know it, we're talking about we're, what, what we're going to talk about now, really, we're going to be talking more and more about this. So, we've got almost a player joining we had a player slip out of our hands unfortunately fair enough no problem we talked about him enough though in the last month or two um but we've got darwin who is another transfer committee pick mm, from oh, january months, yeah only 6 months ago uh, oh. who looks like he's on the verge of joining that's always that's always nice isn't it when uh,
2: when one that you you scout comes through well, that's the thing. I think I saw Dan Kennett mention that the three we picked in January were Chuamani, Darwin and Conrad Lamer. And Lamer has been loosely linked to us, though there's been nothing concrete and nothing from the the likes of Paul Joyce. But obviously, we know that we went very far down the road with Chuamani and we thought we had that deal done. And then the price just sort of escalated to a point where, I'm sorry, but Real Madrid have overpaid. Like. He's an outstanding midfielder, absolutely outstanding. But they're paying 100 million euro plus tax at 23%, plus signing bonus, plus agent fees, plus a big contract. That's a lot of money for a midfield player who, you know, has only really had two excellent, two very good seasons in the sixth best league in the world. It's not like he's been dominating the Premier League for a couple of years. So, as much as I think he's a great player, and I'm sure he'll be great for Real, that's not a price point I'd have necessarily been overly excited about us reaching if we'd gone that far with him. So, look, it was nice that we called that in January and it went that way. And obviously we called Darwin in January. Yeah, that's the thing. As as AJN said, it's, it's Declan Rice kind of money. And, like, we'd all... Turn our back on Declan Rice at that kind of fee. None of us would have want any part of that. So and like too many is better than Rice, but still, it, it's obnoxious type of fees. But yeah, the other one we we called was was Darwin, and that's
0: a euros as well,
2: Dave. Yeah, but a hundred well, million euro for a yeah. striker, like yeah. a striker, the most valuable commodity in the game is goals. So you pay that for your strikers, and let's be fair. It's a hundred million euro, including add-ons, that we know 100%. are are going to be win the Champions League, win the Premier League, yeah, things like that. Yeah,
0: for sure. We'll score the first fifty goals or play yeah. fifty games. You know, it'll be one of those for sure. And I think Liverpool don't mind that if he's available. Uh, for us, like, you know, if he's playing regularly, he ends up playing 50 games over two years
2: or whatever. Over and I time. would bet his wages will be lower than what, um, well, Chuomeni's would have thing. been.
0: Just saw, just saw this morning news coming through, uh, stuff's being said to us as well, that he's going to be on money wages, which I fi- fail, you know, find it very hard to believe. But if Liverpool are doing that, they're really putting their money where their mouth is this summer. Like, so that's about
2: 180 grand a week. Yeah, yeah 150 grand that, that's, that's a little bit surprising. Um, oh, I thought he'd come in so, on about 120, everybody's and then yes and yeah. everybody's on the yes. second contract he goes to 180, yeah, 180, and then on the third he'd go beyond that. Um, but look, if if, it, if 180 grand is what it takes, that's what it takes. Let's not lose sight of the fact that that's less than half what City are going to pay Erling Haaland.
0: Mate, he's on 500. So it's way so less. It's
2: about <laughs> a, it's a bit of third. It's about a bit of third. And this is the thing, like, well, if we sign Darwin and let's say we operate in pounds, so let's not, let's not go to euro. Yeah. So we're going to pay about 65 million for Darwin plus 15 million in add ons, right? So that's 80 million. And then you're talking about 9 million a year at 180 grand a week by five years. There's 45 million. So that's a hundred and, twenty five million, you're probably adding another ten million for agent fees, another five for a signing bonus. So you're coming out at about hundred and forty million, right? That's before you factor in any bonuses he'll make and whatever else. But let's just say it's hundred and fifty million to to cover all bases. City are paying sixty five million for Haaland, regardless, forget the fifty two million fee, it's nonsense. That's just something Romano made up. They're paying the buyout. It's £65 million. So they're paying £65 million. They're paying £35 million to Riola's company for agent fees. They're paying £20 million to Haaland's dad. They're paying another 20 million to Haland himself. And then they're paying him if it's 25, if it's 50 grand, sorry, five hundred grand a, a week, that's 25 million a year by five years. That's 125 million. So You're already almost, you're you're almost at double the cost for Haaland. And here's the real kicker. You're paying the Haaland money, as Guy says, in a lump. You're paying the signing bonuses, the agent fees, all of that in a lump for Haaland. So their initial outgoing is way more than ours. We'll likely pay about 20 million from this summer, 20 next summer, and so on and so forth. And Haaland's getting a buyout close. And you know that's not going to be what he's actually worth. It's going to be 80, 85, maybe 90 million. Maybe even it pushes to 100 million. But it'll be well below what his actual value will be when it kicks in in two years. So City might pay all this money and then lose him in two years and not get the money back. We'll have Darwin as long as we want. Because we won't include a buyout, because we never do.
0: And also, the really good thing that AJ just pointed out is: Wouldn't you want to pay your most expensive signing at that level? You know, so that so that his head's not turned in a year. Mm. Yeah, he knows he's on top wages. He knows he's not going anywhere. This is my future now. I'm That's here. Treating You're me well. the guy
2: now. Yep. You're the guy at this club. You're the one that will lead this attack for the next seven, eight, nine years, all going well. So, yeah, you have to put a marker down. And look, it's also it's also putting the rest of Europe on notice that Liverpool are willing to pay a bit more in wages now. So perhaps certain other players that we may have interest in down the line will look at it and go, just I wouldn't mind a hundred and eighty grand a week to go and play for Jurgen Klopp in that team. Yeah, maybe I could make two twenty somewhere else, but am I going to win as much? Am I going to get the type of remember incentives that they also offer the bonuses? Probably not. So I think the Darwin deal, look, it's a little bit higher than we would have liked to pay, I'd imagine. I'd say when we started down the road on Darwin, we probably thought 50, another 15 and add on 65 million were comfortable at that point. When the Many deal slipped away the way it did, well, it it means two things. Number one, we have to be a bit more aggressive on this one because, well, We don't want to miss out on both of our top targets for the summer. And also we've got a little bit more cash lying around. Because we had money put aside for Chiuamani. Now we don't need to spend that on him. Any alternative midfielder bar one who we can talk about if you want, uh, is going to cost significantly less than him. So... It it makes sense for us to just pay that little bit extra. The initial outgoing this summer is not going to be a whole lot different. On fifty million, it might have been fifteen million for this year. On sixty-five, it might be twenty for this year. So it's it's not a huge difference for us in terms of what we're spending this summer.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at um, what you just said there, that it's whether it was because of Tuchman's deal or not that they went more aggressive here. I think. We know, me and you, we've talked about it, that there was always a player in Portugal mm. and always a player in France linked. At the end of the day, right, um, I think they were always going to do this with with Darwin, no matter what. It was always going to be, this was going to be the case. I think there's money in the pot for the next player, whoever they want to go for. I think it's still there. Oh, no, I, think,
2: I, I do agree with you, but what I'm but saying what I is like,
0: I think... Sorry. Oh, I agree with you as well, but what I like is that they're putting with it, the money where their mouth is for once. Yeah yeah you know, which absolutely. which all of you wanted you know and and that's fine and to for them to do that maybe it signals a little bit of a change uh, maybe we are looking better off the pitch in terms of cash um in terms of commercial revenue things like that maybe things are kicking up uh, i think the the fact that we went far in all four competitions does mean more tv money more mm. you know more uh, competition uh winnings, well, you know, everything is exactly. very high. So if we keep and he Obviously, they want to make sure that we stay at that level. The only way you're going to do it nowadays, especially when your players are ageing, our squad is ageing or was ageing, and by doing this little bit of refresh, the average age comes down, you're securing
2: your future a little bit,
0: mm. but you've got to pay for it nowadays, Dave.
2: Of course you do. Well, yeah. Mo, Mo has been quite bullish on our on our finances moving forward. He thinks we're in a very good position. Mm. And the other thing to remember as well. Now, this is kind of very much, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. The fact that we didn't win the Premier League and didn't win the Champions League means that the significant bonuses we would have paid out had we won those competitions, Same. we didn't need to. We didn't need to pay them out. The players didn't get big bonuses for winning the. No, <laughs> You know, like because you know that, like the likes of Mo and Virgil and Ali and the massive big bonuses. Yeah, man, in their contracts, should we have won those competitions? So you know, that's what they, basically it was win the Champions League or sign Darwin. So yeah, Darwin will will win us a couple of Champions League. So we, we'll be all but right. But the
0: incentive, there have to be incentivised contracts, and then maybe with Darwin, it's probably less incentivised as it used to be because you know they want to get him in. There was there was competition from United. We don't really take it seriously. But if United have put some kind of um, a wage offer in his face you know we needed to compete a little bit so there yeah. was no head turn at least cuz sometimes young kids who come from you know uh, backgrounds where they didn't have much when they were younger do you know do appreciate taking a massive wage and then helping people in their lives you know and and, and they and, and going back home and helping people in who they grew up with as well they hmm. literally it's not a it's it's a community that that you, you kind That's of it. finance and they, they these people they they don't just look after themselves like people think they no, no, they they've got, they look after families
2: and, and friends and, everyone. and you best believe they have many more cousins right now than they <laughs> did when they were 15. Um, you're right though, like it, it is, it is that. And, and the thing with, with Darwin as well is he's turned down West Ham in January, he turned down Newcastle, he turned down Arsenal, and he's turned down United. United. So he, he clearly wants to join us. I'd imagine Klopp is a huge factor. Obviously, Champions League is, is a big factor for him as well. He played and in the Champions League, didn't he? Score he did. He scored a lot of goals. So he scored he scored lot of goals and like, he, he showed that in big games, there's something extra in him. Like He is the type that turns up in the big games. He was really good against Barca. He was really good against those. Even against Bayern, when they were garbage, Benfica were garbage, he was the one that actually tried to take the fight to them didn't always go particularly well but yeah there's there's and the thing with, with having all those people to look after that is something that we look at as well because it means more to them like with Sadio and with Mo we've talked about that killer mentality that they both have before much of that is that sense of responsibility that they have where they know that like if I get to this level I can help this many people. But if I get to the next level, I can help this many more people and I can build this church and this hospital and this school. And if I do this, that's going to cover whatever it is they want to do. Like We've all heard of the charity work Sadio does back in Senegal, of what Mo does back in Egypt, how much money they plough back into their old communities to, to modernize them, to build the best facilities for them, hospitals, schools, to educate more kids, to try and help them all elevate. Like, there's a line in a song by Jay Cole, and I don't know why I know this, because I'm not really a big rap aficionado, but I heard this song and it was interesting to me. And it was basically like, what's the point of me flying first class if my friends can't afford the flight? Mm. And i that's basically what it is with... With a lot of these guys that we have, is that they want everybody to succeed. Their success is community success. Yeah. Like when we won the Champions League, there was an outbreak of celebration in Senegal, an outbreak of celebration in Egypt, because it matters to all of them. And they hold Mo and Mane up like icons, and Mo and Mane in return want to repay that. And I think Darwin's going to be the same. As as NFI says, there's a great story about Darwin's brother giving up his football career to support Darwin and his when he hurt his knee the first time at 16 to basically help him, you know, rebuild, come back and be even better. And I, I just think Darwin is going to be the type, like with Suarez that we saw before where everything matters to him because he knows how much it means to the people that have gotten him to that point. Now, hopefully he doesn't have the Suarez um biting gene, but you know. I, think so. I always said to you at the time though, the reason Suarez does t- things like that is cuz he cares too much. Yeah. Because the pressure Yeah, exactly. And he puts too much pressure on himself whereas he went to Barca and he was the second fiddle to Messi, so he didn't have that kind of pressure. And what did he do? Well, he put together some of the best seasons any player's ever had yeah, in the history of the game. He was unbelievable
0: there. Mm. And, he, and he showed it the two years he was with us, he, that there was that ceiling that he could, he could still go. Yeah. There was so much that he could still improve. And, and he that's is a unbelievable big. when you look at what he did at
2: Liverpool. Yeah, like, that 13-14 season remains the best season I've ever seen anyone have in English football. It's just, it's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. But Considering what he had around him, it's un- unbelievable. And, you know, with with Suarez, he's, he's a big proponent of Darwin. He's spoken glowingly about him a few times. Oh, my God. This is, this is one
0: of the big things that <clears throat> I took. He was like, this is when he was 17. Mm. When he was 17 years old, Suarez went to Barca. And said, you know, because he was, he was at Barca at that point, and he said, guys, you need to keep an eye on this kid. And I think you need to pick him up because he's literally fire. He's mm-hmm. got everything. He's going to become something big. He wants to learn. He's got that hunger. I mean, basically, just what he sounds like, that's a recipe for, you know, that's just brilliant for Klopp. That's yeah. Ideal recipe for Klopp because he wants someone who wants to learn. Now, if Darwin, and you, I'm sure you've watched Darwin more than I have, but anything that I've watched of Darwin... Or the goals that he scored, at least not his other play, but his goals remind me so much of Fernando Torres, mate. Like I am yes. just like, what the fuck? It's a clone, you know? It's a carbon copy of T- Torres, and he, his, he, he his, doesn't his have hits his into that. Are nuts?
2: He doesn't have the the kind of the grace of Nando. Like Nando yeah. had this. There was just something like different about Nando. Like like he was almost not of this planet.
0: It was poetic like, with him. He felt yeah, like- he just sort of floated
2: across the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Darwin is, like you said, the movement, the turn of pace, the the way he carries the ball. It's very Nando, but there's a bustliness to him and a, um, a power and a, a drive to him that Nando didn't have. That remind me of Diego Costa.
1: Mm.
2: Wow! And yeah, if you likes- remember, do you remember when we first? Were linked with Costa years and years ago when Rogers was so still excited. excited. We were really excited about him and Suarez together, but he was largely playing from the left for Atletico at the time, and it turned out he was just using us to get or his agent was using us to get a new contract and whatever. But that Torres Diego Costa hybrid is is what I see in Darwin. He's got really good parts of both of them. And I'm really excited by it, guys. I, I really, really am. And here's a here's one for you. Who was the last twenty two year old striker that Jurgen Klopp signed? Now Darwin will turn twenty-three, so this Lewandowski. How did that wow. one work out? Wow, wow, wow. Do you know? Like Lewandowski under Klopp's watch became Who one now? of the best strikers in the world, and look what he is now. Like Klopp has a track record here of developing strikers. Now, the first season he had Lewandowski, he played him as a 10. He put him behind Lucas Barrios. And the reason he did that was to develop his all-round game. Because a lot of the supposed weaknesses in Darwin's game are similar to what Lewandowski's weaknesses were. Link play, hold-up play, awareness, decision-making. And Klopp's answer to fixing that was, let's play him behind a striker. Now, I don't think he'll do that with Darwin. But he's shown he can develop these strikers in elite ways. And I fully expect him to turn Darwin Nunes into an absolute monster. Now, Dell has so, okay. mentioned Aubameyang. And Aubameyang was 24 when... He got himself. So, so, no.
0: And also, he didn't do well under Klopp. He did well under uh, Tuchel, Tuchel Tommy afterwards, didn't he?
2: He scored, um, well, under Klopp, he scored, no, he didn't play for Tuchel. He scored 30 he was- goals, 36 goals, and 28 goals in his three seasons as Klopp's number nine. Oh, right, then he uh, signed, yeah. no, he's, he left, um, he left Bayern, the, uh, Dortmund for Bayern the year before Klopp left. Cause ah, right. when he left, Klopp bought Obamiang and Immobile. And unfortunately Chiro Mobile can't play football outside of Italy. Put him in in Italy and he'll score you 25 goals a season. In Sp- in Spain and in Germany he was a flop. But like he went on to Bayern 25 42 43 41 40 55 48 50. That's what Lewandowski's done. And if you ask him he always talks about his time working under Klopp. Always talks about it.
0: Yeah, so I just want to quick quickly touch on one negative that people have raised this morning in the Discord channels. By the way, Discord's absolutely unreal, so if you are a subscriber, you need to be in there, amfordindex.com forward slash Discord. Um, a lot of things about his knee, uh, lots of people worried about it, so Simon Brundish spoke to the Benfica physio, actually, and um, he said that, you know, the guy's a monster. He goes, there's nothing to be concerned about physically. For Darwin News. he's a literal monster. And he was absolutely gutted, because he's a United fan, the physio is. Mm. He's absolutely gutted that he's going to Liverpool. So, that tells you everything about what you need to know about where Darwin is, and whether you need to be worried about him or not. He is a physical specimen, apparently. And I, for one, am excited to... Uh... I just want him to get the Nando haircut now. just
2: remind me of so much of Nando region. <laughs> Nando so... region rejoins... <laughs> Did did I um, I spoke to Marty Loughran yesterday, and Marty was saying, you know, when you do your ACL as young as Darwin did, there is a high probability of of re injury. Mm. But I I spent last night trying to dig into as much as I could, whatever was out there in the public domain. He has had a couple of follow up surgeries, and the most recent one was in the summer of twenty twenty one. So he went to he was at Penarol in uh, in Uruguay. He goes to Almeria in the summer of 2019. And at that point, he was very loosely linked to us. So I started watching him to see what he was like. And he was just phenomenal with Almeria. Now, it's the second division in Spain, so you can't really take too much from it. It was quite obvious he wasn't ready for a move to a club like us, but he was very obviously a player suited to the Premier League. And one of the things I like to look at with players is when you're coming up, what clubs look at you? So this summer, obviously, he's he's exploded in Portugal. So all the top clubs have been linked. But who was linked before he exploded? Who, who were the clubs chasing him before he really took off? Now, Brentford and Brighton are two of the smartest clubs in England. Brentford tried to sign him in the January he was at Almeria. They were in the championship. He was in the second division in Spain, and they tried to sign him then. After that season, Brighton went all in on him, and Brighton thought they had him. If Brentford and Brighton are targeting a player, it's usually a really good sign, because what the whole model of those two clubs is, is to buy, develop, and sell at big profits. So they clearly saw in Darwin back in 2019-2020, that this is somebody who could be really, really special. So that for me is an absolute, you know, tick of the box straight away. People will say, well, you only had one good season at Benfica. And that is true. First season, 14 and 44, not great. Six goals and 29 in the league, not great. But he was dealing with knee pain all season long and he skipped. I think it was the Copa America. To have his knee fixed. And this season playing without pain. Look what he did. 34 goals in 41 games. 26 and 28 in the league. Do you know? That first season you can put down to an issue with his knee. The season at Elmeria when he had no pain. And this season. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal.
0: And he joins a uh, Liverpool squad with uber attacking talent. Which means there won't be as much pressure. Pressure and reliance is what Mm. what I'm trying to look at is it'll be shared. It won't be you need to do 5,000 minutes. You need to do 4,000 minutes. No, it'll be three and a half, three thousand. 3,000. You know, everybody gets shared enough time because you you trust in Diogo, you trust in Diaz, you trust in Mo. You got Bobby there to, I think Bobby probably drops down the pecking order a lot now, Uh, but you get, you got him there to
2: use. You've got Carvalho, you've got, Hey, Gordon will get some cup minutes. You've got Harvey will get some minutes. You know, there's there's a lot of players there to share the load. He doesn't have to... And the other thing as well is he's going to get easier goals at Liverpool. So if you look at the goals he scores, he, he scores literally all kinds of goals. There's no one way to pigeonhole him as, you know, it will, he's a scorer of this type of goal. Like, remember with with like Nando, there was a specific Nando type of goal that he would get. It was either the ball to him in the inside left channel, he'd skin the defender and he'd score, Mm. or the ball over the top, the Gerrard whip over the top from the angle, things like that. Um, You look at Mane, there's Mane type of goals, there's Jota type of goals. With Darwin, he literally scores everything. He can put them in the top corner from 30 yards, or he can scuff them in off his shin from three yards. He can score a header, he can score volleys. His technique is outstanding. His remember the save Ali made from him at Anfield. It's an unbelievable shot.
0: I know. Like so, on the
2: volley as well, man. On time. the volley.
0: So there's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's always fun to sign a striker, but it's we we haven't signed one like this. We haven't signed this type
2: for a long no. time. It's always wing forwards, <laughs> wide forwards. We haven't signed. We, <laughs> we haven't signed a striker under Klopp until no. now. Oh, yeah, he true. took over. We had Studge, we had Divok, and we had B- Bobby already. There. Uh, Benteke. And he'd he been Benteke. Studge obviously had the injuries. He converted Bobby. We also had Danny Ings, remember, at the time as well. So he's never, his club has never bought a striker at Liverpool. Never. Gone for one now. Proper. good and, proper. and now he's properly decided it is time to go and get the striker. And his now, praise
0: was glowing, you know, like after mm. the game. We it always can tell with Klopp when he goes a little bit over the top with something, that there's something else in there that he likes. Because so, he really liked the
2: look of him. The other thing as well on that same type of thing is, like, Virgil did that interview with, um, with Rio Ferdinand. And he was asked about the five, you know, toughest players to defend. And he just named Darwin. And he put him in the same category as Haaland. Yeah, he did. And if you look at their all-round games, I think Darwin, as an all-round player, has more about him than Erling Haaland does. Haaland's quite rudimentary and his technique isn't great. He's very much pace and power. But Darwin's got subtlety to his game as well. And as a rounded player, I think there's more about him. Now, I do think... Haaland will probably outscore him because of brute force and because of how City play, they create a lot of easy chances. But I think Darwin will score a ton. If you look at the the, the chances he's going to get presented to him from the crosses, from the slip balls, from Thiago and Mo and people like that. Like one of the things we've lacked in our team is someone with instincts in the box. We've a lot of intelligent players, but we've no one who's... A naturally instinctive striker. is good in that regard, but he's a natural winger who's been converted. Mane's a winger who was converted. Bobby was a 10 who was converted. Salah's a winger who can play through the middle. But Darwin is a striker. He grew up as a striker. And he's always sniffing out chances and getting himself into positions where the ball might fall to him. It might not, but if it does, he'll put it away. And he gets a lot of goals just from instinctively knowing where to be, how to react. And that's something like we've, we've left goals on the table over the last few years by not having that player. A lot of the goals Divock gets are those number nine goals. Well, Darwin's a much better version of that. Much, much better. And I saw Brundish asking, what's the difference between Divock and, and Darwin? Simon, there is football outside of Liverpool. Please. Contact your television provider, ask them to give you a channel, or ask your son to find you streams of Portuguese games. And please, I'm begging you, stop asking silly questions on social media. Just watch a game. Just stop. Just focusing on Liverpool and watch a game. Stop watching baseball because no one cares about baseball till like September, October. You can watch it then. No one needs to be watching baseball any time other than September, October. Watch football. You won't have to ask silly questions.
0: Right, we've done the Darwin stuff, so <laughs> shall we move on to... Yes. A, I'm halfway through uh, my time limit. Also, quick one on Harry Kane. Lots of links to him. Nothing credible, I don't think.
2: Is there uh, lots of links, or is there one link that's been repeated a few times?
0: There's a couple. There's a couple of separate links, actually. So, But they're, one of them's our friend indicator. So, uh, <laughs> the, So, the, but the point is though, from what I've heard or know is that this guy was, you know, we did ask about Kane and son, but it was way before it was when they weren't going to get into Champions League, right? So, as soon as they and that was an inquiry would they be available if you don't get it, if you don't get the Champions League. You know, no one knows what the answer to that question was and also they qualified, so it's moot point. They're not selling to us, no matter what no, anyone they're not thinks. selling
2: to anybody. They're not yeah. selling to anybody. Look, the bottom line on Harry Kane is he is great. He is absolutely outstanding. He's one of the very, very, very best number nines in world football. But he's 29 this summer. He has a history of injury issues. He's a noted dickhead. Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's any possibility we would have signed him. I think we wanted Youngman's son. And I think it's one of those, would you sell us Kane? No. Will you you sell us son type of things where you distract them with this hand and then take something out of the other hand. (laughs) I I think we wanted son because son fits how we play. Son's personality fits with us. Mm. and I don't think the price would have been as obnoxious with Son, even though he's a year older than Kane I still think Son made a lot more sense Like, look, Kane's great absolutely great, but 29, England captain, like that's that adds to his price tag whether it should or not it does, L- last summer they wanted 150 million for Kane that wasn't going to come down by much look at how he behaved last summer he did the interview at Neville. He went on strike, and then he didn't bother his arse playing well until January. If they'd missed top four this season, it would have been mostly his fault. Yeah, they got top four in spite of him, not because of him. Fella didn't turn up till January, and even after that, he had a bunch of games where he was garbage. Go and watch him in Burn at the Burn- in the Burnley game. He was absolutely shocking. The Brighton game, absolutely shocking. Where son busts his ass from August onwards, and yet Kane is the conquering hero. But so you you get that we know, we know he's a dirty bastard on the pitch as well. You know we've seen the things he's done. I'm not sure how how welcome he would have been at Liverpool.
0: No, I don't think he would have. I don't think there was a lot of Liverpool fans against it. People that you know appreciate the player wanted it to happen, but people that know just doesn't fit us as a club. You know, there's
2: also you know. been rumours for, well, since the injury happened, that it was him that caused Joe Gomez's knee injury. Wow. So, I mean, who knows? We know he set out to try and break Andy Robertson in half. I, I don't know that he would have been all that welcome. Look, he, he's a great player. And if we'd gotten him, we'd have all made our peace with it because he will score you goals. Mm. But I don't know. There's something about Kane where I, I just. I would worry about how his game will age in the next couple of years. Not his game because his game doesn't rely on pace, but his body. Like he's had a lot of injuries over the years. Yep. And with the with way we important. play and the intensity, I- I'm just not sure. I'm not no. sure how that would. Well, let's let's move on from him then because he doesn't he
0: doesn't really deserve that breath. We don't think it's going to happen. I think what's important in the last twenty twenty five minutes here is to talk about what's coming next, because we've already had... um um We've talked about Darwin, talked about Kane. I think, what comes next for Liverpool? What are we looking for? Are we looking mm. for a forward? Are we looking for a midfielder? There's some light links to... You know, that came up on Twitter yesterday that, um you know, meetings are happening with Dortmund. I don't actually think something that will happen down the line very, very soon, but... Maybe something for next year. Who knows? But there's something going on. That was the links on Twitter. Uh, But there's also links that you've heard
2: about, which I haven't
0: heard about, in terms of Rafinha and Gnabry. Well, the Rafinha
2: one was reported. Right. So um, Leeds obviously have interest in Tacky. We do have long-held interest in Rafinha. We know from from Jay Reid that last summer we were looking at bringing him in. It didn't happen, but there does seem to be long-held interest there. We were linked with him before that when he was at Rennes as well. So, you know, could you see tacky and 35 million for Rafinha? It's possible. And Rafinha can play right wing, can play as a 10, could could play as the right side at eight and a three. If we look at how Harvey played it last year, where it was. And like, here's the thing. Our 4-3-3 isn't really a 4-3-3. It's a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-2-4. Because when Naby plays as the right side at 8, he plays as a 10. When Harvey plays there, he plays as a right-winger. And when Henderson is there, he plays sort of as a second striker slash right-winger. None of them play in the midfield. It's a double pivot of Fabinho and Thiago or Fabinho and Naby. And then the other one joins the attack. So... I think next season we may well see Liverpool commit to that more often. As in, this is just what we're doing. We're not going to pretend to be a 4-3-3 team anymore. We're going to be 4-2-3-1 or we're going to be 4-4-2, whatever. Rafinha can play right wing. If Rafinha was right wing with Diaz left wing, you could move Mo central. And a Moe-Darwin partnership up front could be fairly spectacular. So that's one option. Out of possession, that very easily switches back to 4-3-3 if that's what you want to do, or 4-5-1 as it is, with Mo dropping wide to the right, Rafinha tucking into midfield, and Diaz dropping further back on the left. So that's fine. Um, the other name is Serge Gnabry. Now this comes from the fact that we are negotiating with Bayern and that his name has been brought up. I can't say why I know this, but I do know this, that his name has been brought up in conversations. Whether it goes anywhere or not, who knows? It might just be that we've asked or they've offered, but his name has come up. So you bring him in, he plays right wing. He can also play left wing. He could also play through the front, through the middle. So what you could get in Nabry is a player who in the short term plays right wing in a 4 4 But if if Salah were to leave in the summer on a free, well, you've got a ready-made replacement. Because Nabry's finishing is off the charts good. His ability to find corners and strike a ball absolutely pure is phenomenal. So he could play in that kind of secondary striker role just off Darwin if Mo were to leave in the summer. In next summer, obviously. So... There's those two options if Klopp wants to go that way. There's the Jude option that you've mentioned. Now, I think if you buy Jude right now, he's probably a 10 in a 4-2-3-1. So you leave Salah right, Diaz left. You probably don't get the best out of Salah, right side of a 4-2-3-1, but he'll still be a very productive player. But Jude behind Darwin gives us real sort of Stevie G behind Torres vibes, You know, like a 2.0 version. Darwin can obviously, or Jude can obviously play on the right of a three if need be, but that comes in time. He needs to develop parts of his game. And the other option then is we sign someone else who's either, you know, a right-sided eight and attack-minded player who can play as a 10. So a Dominic Zaboslai, Sergei milinkovic uh I saw someone mention Concalves from Sporting there earlier on. He'd be a really good fit. He's another goal scorer who come in. He could play right side of a 4-4-2, right side of a midfield three. He can play as a 10, can play just off a striker, brings goals, brings creativity and good movement. There's, there's a lot of really exciting possibilities for us here. No, Dal Fabianry is not an option because he's just means more of the 4-3-3 stuff, which clearly is not the plan. I, my thinking is if. If we got gotten oh, no. Chuameni, I think Thiago was going to play as a 10. I think he was going to That's play Chuameni and Fab as a 2. And either Fab as a 10, or either Thiago as a 10, or Thiago sort of on the right of a midfield 4, but playing really narrow. So I brought this up to match it yesterday. Do you remember Atletico Madrid a few years back when they had Costa and Griezmann up front? and they played with one out-and-out winger, normally Yannick Carrasco. So this would be Salah as Griezmann, Nunes as Costa, Diaz as Carrasco. Coke played right side of the midfield, but he played really tucked in and really narrow. That would be Thiago as the playmaker, and then he went with a double pivot in midfield of Partey and Saúl, or whoever was there at the time. And that would be your... Fabinho and your Chiuameni. So I think that might have been the plan. And then bring in Jude next summer to replace Thiago. And all of a sudden you're set with Jude and Diaz sort of as your wide midfielders, but one of them real narrow and breaking into the box. Two up front, one left wing. I think that would have been the plan. Or could have been the plan. Very, very different style of play, but just in terms of the shape, so I think we'd shape, have been looking at something like with that.
0: What what Klopp's been doing with that right eight-sided, you know, the, sorry, right-sided eight role, where they kind mm. of turn into a ten, don't they? they yeah. Kind of move forward and play down that area only. Wouldn't it be okay for Thiago and Naby to do that now if he did shift shape and make it into make them into tens? I don't know
2: if they if he gets another further. one in, but you'd need to get one in to partner Fab in the double pivot though. Yeah, yeah, you need to get
0: one more, don't you? That's, that's the, the thing, thing is, like, I, I do not, think that's next not a Bellingham,
2: is it? At the, at the end of the day, that's no, not, not not now. No, in in two, three years, yeah, fine. Jude could play in that role. Just he'd need to be developed. But the problem, not a problem. It's not a problem. What Dortmund have done with Jude is very similar to what we did with Stevie early on, where we really take where they really took the reins off him. And let him be more of an attacking player than a midfielder. Whereas Klopp has done the opposite with Curtis Jones and really kind of put restraints on him. They've really emboldened Jude to go and develop as basically a number 10. Now he can obviously play right side of a midfield three. So he could go, if he wanted to just stick four, three, three, you go Jude, Fab, Thiago and just give Jude that freedom to get forward. But I think you'd nearly be better off starting Jude as an out and out 10. And playing him there, because Fab and Thiago can work as a double pivot. They'll control most games. There'll be some games where maybe we need a little bit more aggression in there. So maybe you leave out one of the for- the forward players, and you put in another midfielder for more control. But uh, I think it like Jude. Jude is so enticing. Playing Jude behind Darwin with Salah one side. And Diaz, the other, and then like if Salah were to leave next summer, I think we all would agree that Bakayo Saka is the likely one that we'll target to try and replace him. That just makes a lot of sense. And then you go Saka, Jude, and and Diaz behind Darwin. Like the four two three one is what Klopp cut his teeth with. It's what he made his money with at Dortmund and at Mines. So it makes sense for him to, to revert to that now. Remember, he never really wanted to play 4-3-3. He set out his team to be 4-2-3-1. When he took over, we played 4-2-3-1. Yeah. And it was only really the injury to Sturridge that forced his hand and meant that we went to 4-3-3. Because when he bought Sadio, he bought Sadio to play right wing. Bobby was the ten and Coutinho was the left-winger, and Studge was to be the nine, and then Studge couldn't stay fit. We didn't have anyone else, so he brought in another midfielder. He played Henderson, Chan, and Ginny, or Henderson, Milner, and Ginny, or Milner, Chan, and Ginny, whatever, which, whichever three were available to him. But his initial plan was a two-man midfield at a line of three, and then Studge in front. Studge just couldn't stay fit.
0: So, just say we went for a forward then. It's literally that's what you're saying four two three one or Four two,
2: four, four two. I don't know how does hmm. it go if we go for it depends like we could get a winger and if it's if it's Knabry, you're committing to four 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 two or four two four if it's Rafinha it can be very similar to what it was last season because he can drop in the way Harvey did and play in midfield or he can push out and play as a right winger you know and he can operate in that number ten zone so he'd probably be For what it looked like Klopp was trying to do before Harvey's ankle got destroyed, Rafinha or Lovro-Meyer are the best fits for that. Either of those two. If he wants to go 4-2-3-1, then you're looking at a Jude or a Dominic or a Milinkovic-Savage. Someone like that. Someone who's more comfortable in central areas. A more powerful player. Maybe more of a, an even, you know, kind of uh, goal scoring midfielder, like someone who'll drive late into the box, which is what Jude has been doing and what Dominic does really, really well.
0: Okay, great, interesting. I just wonder how we how we go about it. I mean, I'd prefer if we went for a, a midfielder, but it looks like the forwards are ones that are more available. Than that would be the um
2: the midfielders at the moment. See the other thing as well is like you can get the forward now. See so it might well be like you could bring in Nabry now, right? And or, or Rafinha and commit to right, we're gonna play four two four this year or four four two. Mo is gonna leave next summer, and then we're gonna go and buy Jude. And then we go four, two, three, one, or Back to 433. So he could change the shape for a year, knowing he can change it back in a year. If he buys, let's just say he buys, let's just say we get Nabri in a deal for Mane and we go Nabri right, Diaz left, Mo and, and, um, Darwin through the middle and just try and blow teams away like we used to. And then in a year when Salah goes, rather than trying and replace him with another attacker, rather than saying, right, well, who's going to get the goals that Salah gets? You just alter the team. You move it from that shape where it's two up front to one and one. And rather than, Mo, than having Mo play next to Darwin, you have Jude playing behind Darwin in the middle of Naby one side and Diaz the other. We know we're going to have a great defence because we had the best defence in Europe this past season. By the way, with our risky high line, the best defence in Europe. So that's going to be great. Virgil will be even better next year. Kanate will be even better next year. I'd expect a bounce-back season from Andy Robertson, who had a bit of a ropey time. And Trent is going to get even better because he's still only so young. So defensively, we're going to get better next year. So you can commit to be more attack-minded. He so could go 4 4 for a year. Then you could get Jude and go 4 3 one the year after. You've already got Naby, so you don't need to go and buy anybody else to play on the right wing. And that's just about squad maintenance. Then it's about, for the following summer, maybe finding the successor to Thiago. But yeah, he could go 4 4 for a year. And then when Salah goes, if that's when we want, when when we think we can get Jude or when we can get Jude, then you bring Jude and you go four two three one.
0: So what do you think? With obviously we're losing. Taki looks like on the way. Ox on the way. Hmm. Um, we've kept Milner. So 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 who's gone? Joy. Divock. <laughs> I know you can say that. Divock. Taki gonna go. Ox is gonna go. Uh, Nico and Nat are gonna go. That's about four or five players going right now. With Divock and Taki going, do you think Carvalho is one of those that comes in for that? Obviously, or Carvalho yes. replaces both of those.
2: I think Carvalho replaces Taki more so than Divock, just stylistically. But like Divock didn't play a whole lot. Like, oh
0: no, no, not at all.
2: So Darwin, in a way, is both Mané replacement and. Divock replacement, or you could look at it as Diaz is the Mane replacement. Yeah, exactly. We forget we we added a whole
0: new attacker in January. Everyone keeps forgetting that. Mm. And
2: then Darwin is just the upgrade on Divock. Like, it's a big upgrade. It's a big old upgrade.
0: That's why adding another forward is confusing to me. But obviously, like you're saying, it's about protecting that midfield. If there's not Mm. enough legs in there, in terms of if there's not enough, you know, fitness, capability, availability, then you do move to a two man midfield, you know, that's how you you, you able to keep them fresh. So Hola. if he does if he does go for a forward, I would welcome it, to be honest, because I think our pain point is in midfield. Our pain yeah. point is there. So how do you if you can't buy a midfielder that you want and we're really stubborn in that there's no true many replacement or alternative that's as good as him, and we only want to shop top dollar now or we only want to get people that improve the, the the first 11 and the squad that can come in and play straight away you know if that's that's what they want then then I think it makes sense to wait and actually get an extra player in for the forward line so you can literally heavily rotate four
2: players yeah top. and like the, the, this is the thing like our midfield was our weak point this season our midfield cost us the title One of the ways to fix it is just to replace the weakest link in that midfield. The other way is to change the shape and eliminate that weak link from the midfield by putting a good player somewhere else. So it doesn't have to be that we stick to playing 4-3-3. You just replace Henderson with either a midfielder or in a change of shape with somebody else, someone more attack-minded. Or you could do it the other way and bring in another centre-back and play... 3 4 3. If you wanted to, you know, there's ways and means. The be all and end all is that the weak link in our team just needs to be replaced, and we know who that is, and everybody knows who it is. And if you deny it, you're just living in a fantasy world. We need to replace one player in the starting 11 next season,
0: yeah. And Sadio's leaving,
2: which causes a secondary uh, need, which is why we're going for Darwin, I'd imagine. But I think, like. I think we've known Sadio was leaving for quite a while because was there there was never real traction on we started contract talks with Sadio no oh, never, no, I think they've known Sadio was going probably for a year now,
0: yeah, I think they made an offer, and they knew that he was going to reject it, and it's mm. kind of like a just one of those things you do out of respect you know for the player, but he he'd probably made his stand a long time ago. Because, you know, this, this the, the, the 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 Nunes stuff, if you think it was just off the cuff, you're having a laugh. This was this has been a couple of months in the... In
2: oh, the yeah, Olympics. we don't do anything off no. the cuff, guys. Yeah. So the, the the odd one, like Tacky got, might have been a little bit off
1: yeah, the cuff.
0: Yeah, and... before we go, and we've got a time, this is a really good question, an interesting one. Because, obviously, just say we did go to a two, and we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe we, we do. What would that mean for the likes of... Um, you know Harvey Elliott, who's been playing in an eight, so, and, and Curtis Jones, who is another midfield option that we have. Who probably so are, are we talking about a four-two-three-one? Yeah, if it, if it's if it's basically right. I mean, if it's four-four-two or I mean four-two-four, they're 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 not really getting. I don't know how much of an option there will be. But so if it's four-two-three-one. I think they could fit somewhere, right?
2: Let's say it's four-four-two, right? Let's just let's just say hmm. it's that. So you've got Mo, and then Jota is the more natural backup from for him. You've got Darwin and you've got Bobby as the backup. Now, I'm not talking about stylistically, I'm talking about just in terms of sort of a big one and a little one. There, you're Mo and Darwin with Jota and, um, and Bobby as the backup. So that's, that's that spot filled. Diaz will be the left winger and Carvalho will be the, the depth piece behind him. Whoever comes in on the right wing, be it Nabri or be it Rafinha, Harvey is then the backup to him. That role, right side in a four-four-two or a four-two-three-one, that suits Harvey so much better than playing either as a right sided eight or a right sided forward in four three three. It suits Carvalho more to play wide on the left than it does as a left sided eight, a right sided eight, or as a left sided forward. Those two obviously could also play as a ten and a four two three one if you wanted. Um see this this MUFC reloaded. This chap is an absolute muppet. An absolute muppet. Um The only one that would have a tough time fitting in is Curtis. Because if Fabinho and Thiago are the, the starting midfielders, then Brian and Nabi are the backups in those roles, and then Milner is sort of the fifth one, which isn't ideal by any stretch. Ideally, you'd bring in one in midfield as well, a Quadio Cone type. You'd make him the Fabinho backup, and then Henderson is the fifth one. Curtis is the odd one out in a 4-4-2. In a 4-2-3-1, though, Bobby's the backup 10. Jota's the backup 9. Curtis could be, like, the 3rd 10-10. Knowing that Bobby's off next summer potentially, Curtis fills that role then. He's just the backup ten behind Jude Bellingham or whoever. And again, Harvey's right, Carvalho's left, Brian and Nabby or Coney and Nabi with Brian as the fifth one. So, you know, Jude Harvey and, and Carvalho fit in a four four two, four two four, or a four two three one. Curtis only fits in four two three one. Unless you want to put real graft in with him in converting him into a central midfield player to play in a double pivot, which he has the physicality to do. He has the technique to do. And he he has he's passing the- forward, so it's all right. I suppose he could play side to side. <laughs> do you know, he could. He could just be the one that keeps <laughs> things taking over. So he could do that. You could look at Curtis and say, right, that's what we're going to do. Curtis could fill in on the left side of a four-four-two. It wouldn't be ideal, but he could do it. He has played there before.
0: Yeah, his game with um,
2: a left sided forward, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. So you could use him there. But if we were going, if we were looking at it and saying, right, we're going to go 4 4 this year, and then next summer we've got Jude coming in to replace Salah, and we're going 4 2 3 1, let's loan Curtis for a year, have him get minutes somewhere, then bring him back next summer so that when Bobby leaves, Curtis just slots into his role and he's the backup number 10. You could do that. There is, so, there's ways and means to find minutes for everybody. So 57 minutes gone in this pod. Is
0: there any chance you'd loan Curtis Jones out? Yes. <laughs> of course I would. My headset fell off.
2: Of course I would. Get minutes. Get, oh. The guy needs to play. The guy needs to play. Like He played 15 league games for us, 10 starts. He needs to play so much more than that.
1: This oh, idea that it's
2: ridiculous to call from to be loaned, your heads are up your arses. He needs to go and play. I agree. It's I I, completely I agree unacceptable I, for I, Curtis Jones to be twenty one and playing as little as he does. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You know, I mean I love him. I hope he's um, a success and I hope you know he break this is his breakout year, to be honest, and all of us all we want is a success. But is he well, going to get a breakout year at Liverpool? I, I don't know, mate. That's the problem. He's going to need injuries, right? He's 1,500 we don't, and we minutes. We don't want
2: that. We don't want that. We don't want injuries for our players.
0: 1,500
2: uh, minutes he played this past season. The year before, 1,900. So his minutes went down. I know he missed some time. But he just disappeared for months.
0: Why did he get... poke? Was it the poke in the eye? Or what was he? The black that was the first or?
2: half of the season. Yeah. He just disappeared at the end of the season. He wasn't even making the bench some weeks.
0: Yeah, we we prioritised Naby, Tiago, and we managed the time, and we managed, you know, the the new software. We prioritised
2: James Milner gags. Milner, who can't oh, play, he's... has had four good games in three years, was getting on the bench ahead of Curtis Jones. Like, oh. I'm sorry, but when really promising young players that can be a big part of our future are losing minutes to a fella that. Has never been all that good anyway. There's just. Intangibles only go so far. I'm sorry, they do. Intangibles only go so far. JC just saying he started against City at home, Curtis. And he really? started because of injuries. <laughs> and he was garbage as well, by the way. <laughs> Get the fuck.
0: I'm just poking the bear there, but anyway, I just. It was very enjoyable to. <laughs> Um, you know what? I I wished him the best. I think it's going to be hard. Oh my God! Set up Salah's goal, the ball
2: bounced off his shins. Would you believe no, yourself?
0: How can you set up Salah's goal? Salah Salah's eight defenders.
2: Salah. Curtis Jones standing there having a cigarette. Yeah, I I did that. There's that's why <laughs> things like that are why assists are the most pointless stuff. <laughs> do, do you remember Mane against Arsenal? Like I think it was his debut, wasn't it? The first goal he scored, he cuts in, beats the two defenders and lashes in the top corner. And Adam Lallana got an assist for blindly hooking a hopeful ball down the wing to nobody that only about three players in the world would have been able to get to. And Lallana got an assist. Get out of here. Get out of here. JC, I'll have you ban no,
0: he. I, think I know he the, the
2: Scots, JC. I'm in with the Scots. <laughs> I'll have you banned.
0: Oh, God.
2: That took me
0: really well. Because <laughs> set up Salah's goal. Get he, out of here. The most, like, one, <laughs> 1,000, I don't know, one hour, one million chance of scoring
2: that goal, and it was set up.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: fuck. That's to so fuck. good. To oh. fuck. Send them to Borussia Munch, and They're definitely in <laughs> need of a couple of good players. Get him in the team. He'll get... Thirty starts across the season. He'll score eight goals, get twelve, thirteen assists. He'll come back full of confidence, and he'll be fucking lightning for us next year. That's what we need to do with him.
0: Yeah, let, he, the, I, let I,
2: the boy go and play, Sean. Hey, Sean you're already all stand, on the shit list, son. No,
0: we all we all stand with JC. It's not a problem. It's the point is we want a man go, called it. I'll be playing with.
2: Yeah, Bruce, you they know you,
0: they know you so well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's where he belongs.
0: <laughs> oh dear! Okay, it's a bit of fun at the end there because we we're just basically two years <laughs> old. I've said that as well. So
2: yeah, absolutely. Three oh, I, years,
0: four years.
2: <laughs> Send him alone for three years. <laughs> Let him get settled in. Get a year under his belt just oh, to God. settle in, learn a bit oh. of the language, and then he can go to town. Okay, fine. and then we get him back at twenty-four we're and he's ready to go.
0: About. It's just a bit of a laugh at the end of the pod. Like. Curtis, I hope somehow finds a way. Because if he's not loaned out, I, I I hope he finds a way to get in the team and then make something of himself. But something needs to change. The important and the serious conversation, Davis. Something needs to change from him to become that. If he, I mean, the problem is he doesn't get a run of games. It's in and out. It's hard for a kid to get, you know, any kind of momentum in a or in a you know during a run, it's though, all those things are against him. If you be honest and objective about it, all of those things are against him. Any kid that anyone that gets a good run of games, all of a sudden they you know they're playing well, they're confident. He's not ever had that chance, no. You know, and he's and it's very hard for him to get it with who he's competing with in the squad. So yeah, <clears throat> it's a, it's a really tough conundrum for him.
2: But the thing for him is like. <laughs> He wouldn't mind if he was getting left out in favour of better players. But he's not. Like, inferior players are getting minutes ahead of him. That's where he's got to be frustrated. Do you know? Like, he can't be happy sitting in the stands looking down at James Milner going to come on and run really slowly for eight minutes. Do nothing other than kick somebody up in the air. Like Curtis could do that. If that's if that's what you want, Curtis can do that. If you want someone to go on and volley someone into the stands, oh, Curtis can yeah. do that. Apologies if he tries to do more. But I I think he's got everything to be. A quality
0: footballer at Liverpool. He's got all the ability yeah. in the world. I've got no doubts about him. And he's ability. got the
2: desire to do it. He loves the yeah. club. Like as as Ali yeah. says, look what Harry did for Very him. Very good
0: kid as well. Like no problems behind the scenes. Apparently, no. really good lad. Yeah, everything's worked for him. But
2: how do we get him to break
0: out with that? With all that, it's just hard. You don't.
2: You send him on loan. You have like he has to get minutes. He has to get games. Mm. And the best way for him to do that is to put him on loan. Find a good club with a manager Klopp trusts, ideally someone from the Klopp coaching tree, and send him there. Get him with somebody Klopp will trust. Fuck, send him to Young Boys, if send him need to Stevie? be. No, he's, he got sacked. Never mind.
0: <laughs> send him to Stevie. Stevie will treat him well. Scouts. He won't get in
2: the team at Villa. True. Yeah, they've, they've got, got, got Coutinho and, and Buendia, like. <laughs> He, he's got to go somewhere where he's going to get in the team. Yes, true. Good point. So, if you look at the Premier League, like, there's not. The the issue is, again, a lot of Premier League clubs will be hesitant to develop a player who they're not going to get to keep. So, unless you do a two year loan, it's not really worth their while. But, like, if you're going to send him to a Premier League club, Forrest could be an, an option because he plays as a, as a 10 for Steve Cooper because Zinkernagel it seems like isn't going to be bought permanently and they're going to need someone in that role. Curtis could play there. Um, I wouldn't send him to Scotty Two Coats because Scotty Two Coats. Fulham. Fulham need a new number 10 because we've just stolen Carvalho off them. He could go there. Um, Let's see. Who else is there? Leeds have just bought Brandon Aronson so they won't need him. Um, Or Brandon Aronson. He's not going to go to the Ev. He's not... Southampton could be interesting in the line of two behind the strikers. Saints could be an option. We know Klopp trusts Hasenhutl. Yeah. Um, Brentford don't play. Brentford, if if Ericsson left, Brentford could be an option. They, They would want someone creative. They would want someone that is inventive. That could be Curtis. Brighton have a load of players in that type of position. Villa have a bunch in that position. Wolves don't really play with a ten, and I don't want him playing in in a Bruno Lage midfield too. Um, Leicester, you wouldn't trust Rogers with a fucking gate. Never mind a player. Um, West Ham is a ten; he'd be a great fit, but they they have better players already. So you've got it: Brentford, Forest, or Fulham in the Premier League. But there's a whole clatter of clubs in the Bundesliga, a whole clatter of clubs in in the French league. There's a few clubs in Portugal that could use him. Call up Benfica and say, look, do you want Curtis Jones for a year? You you play with a ten, he's really good. You know? There's there's yeah. loads of options yeah. as he's where done. you could send him where he'd start. Look, yes, he would he would start for Everton, without question he would start for Everton. But are we really going to loan a player? To Frank Lampard. No way. Like, let's be honest. He's the worst manager in the league. I wouldn't trust him to tie my shoelaces, let alone develop a player that I might want to use in the future. There's got to be a club out there that Kloppo trusts the guy in charge that plays a similar style to us. There, there's got to be someone out there. Like, he's so he's such a talented player. But he's a little bit positionless at the minute because of the way he's been developed. It's not a bad thing, but he's he's ideal for someone to take in and say, right, we're going to make him into this. This is what Liverpool want. We're going to use him in that way. And I I say Gladbach because Gladbach makes sense to me. Gladbach is a club in need of players without a whole lot of money. And maybe we could do a Kone for Curtis on loan for two years plus cash type of deal and then, as I say, you bring Curtis back when you go to the four-two-three-one, and Bobby is away off the books, which will be either be next summer or maybe the summer after if we do a one-year extension with him.
0: Okay, that's a good spot uh, to end it. I think you gave all your options there. We had a bit of fun as well in the middle. Um, I think Lubo's probably going to be spitting shit at the end of
2: listening to that. Lubo Lubo! ha! Lubo, ha-ha, now that I fucking remember. Lubo, you lost a bet to me, son. You made a bet with me that Curtis would get a certain amount of starts across the course of the season, and he didn't even sniff the number. So me and you will be having a conversation soon, Lubo, and your forfeit will be in the extreme. So you just keep yourself in line. (laughs) <laughs> right, okay, Dave, thank you so much. That's
0: everything this week. We're hoping we'll be back for maybe an impromptu one here or there once Nunez is um, uh, signed and sealed and delivered. <clears throat> there will be more pods as well, reaching out to people, hopefully, once that's done, and we'll get um, a couple of others going. Well, obviously, Marco, we need to talk to Marco, Dave. We maybe do the old school with Marco for, um, for, for, for Darwin once, um, if... He signed when he signed, whichever way you want to think about it. I think that would be interesting view from Marco on uh, his what he thinks uh, as a Benfica. Do you, know, do you know who the
2: last player, me, you, and Marco did a podcast um, about having signed was? Markovic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that one go for us.
0: No, no, it's a different era. It's a different I era. still blame Rodgers. Yeah, I absolutely. still blame Rodgers. Lazaro was, was super he was, talented. He was super talented. And then I think they just. I think Rodgers
2: took every ounce, every bit of, of confidence of him. Yeah. So, sure, like, all one. you had to do was watch that cup semi-final Drangin. against Villa when Lazare was playing quite well, and about six lads were playing absolutely horrendous, and he hooked Lazare half time. Like, talk about just doing permanent damage to a player's confidence. Anyway.
0: Yep. We'll leave it there. We'll be back soon. I'm sure lots going on. Uh, lots to happen. Our fingers crossed. Liverpool do go and do not only one deal, but multiple deals um, this summer. So you'll be hearing a lot of us in excited in our excited tones and having a laugh. And well, the
2: next one in could be Calvin Ramsey as well. So like, there's that to look yeah, forward yeah. to as well. He's a very exciting young player who fills a position of need. And if, if it's him and Joey Gomez as the backup right backs for next season, um, yeah. as Ramsey settles in, that's that's again something to be really positive about because. He is super talented. Like he is, there's been a number of highly rated fullbacks that come out of Scotland in recent years. Obviously, Robbo, Kieran Tierney, Aaron Hickey, Nathan Patterson. This kid is the most highly rated of all of them. Yeah. So you know that's he's a really good player, really really good player. One I'm I'm very excited for us to get and. By all accounts, 4 million, plus probably probably another million in add-ons or something, but it's a bargain. It's a bargain fee for a player with huge, huge upside.
0: Absolutely. And maybe he forces um, uh, Trent to go into midfield one day. Anyway, we shall move on and uh, we shall be back very soon. If not soon, then we'll definitely be back next week at some point And we will chat to you about all things Liverpool and banter and all the things that we can.